Hi everyone, it's Melanie White here for another Habitology podcast and I'm here after an extremely relaxing weekend. I have to tell you, I feel so calm. I drove to Sydney on Friday to pick my husband up from the airport and I spent the weekend in the garden doing a few chores. We walked on the beach, we collected driftwood to make a Christmas tree. I did some shopping. I was so relaxed read a magazine, read some book. Gee, it was good. And, you know, I'd love to know how you spent your weekend. What were you doing? Were you with your family? Were you shopping, getting ready for Christmas, cooking? Like, what were you up to? Did you have some fun? Or were you like I used to be? Were you kind of trying to wind down from the week before, trying to calm down from the stress of what you'd been through and then gearing up for the coming week did you spend most of your weekend like that or did you get enough fun i hope you had enough fun and relaxation i mentioned that that's how i used to spend my weekends and you know that was part of my thinking in the days gone by in the last few days just to reflect on how far i've come with the help of my own coach and doing my own self-coaching I've been doing my own self-coaching for a couple of years now and working with my own coach for about a year. And those two things for me have really helped me to manage the challenges and the anxieties and the issues that come up during the week. And I'm so much better now at being totally relaxed and calm on the weekend, not thinking about anything else. It's a bit like if you ever watched that show from the 70s or the 80s, whatever it was, get smart and Maxwell Smart had this cone of silence that he would lower over himself and no one could hear him and he couldn't hear anyone else. Well, it was supposed to work like that. That's how my weekend is now. And, you know, nothing touches me except for the joy of what I'm doing, being in the moment and being totally calm. It's only possible, I can truly say this, it's only possible that I'm like this now because of coaching. And that's what this episode is about. So many people ask me what I do or what is health and wellness coaching? What is wellness coaching? How does it work? Um, So I wanted to explain that in this episode and to really talk about the need for coaching. And also at the end, if you're someone that's thinking of getting your own coach, I wanted to give you some tips on what to look for. There are a couple of different types of coaching that I want to explain and I want to give you the tips for choosing the right coach for you in either of those scenarios because there are some really skilled, great people out there, but there are some also some things that might not get you the results that you want um, from the process of making change. So I'm going to explain all that in this episode. So let's start with the $100,000 question. What is coaching and why do we need it? More specifically, what is health and wellness coaching? Let me start by saying that if you listen to my podcast on how to overcome negative thinking, you'll know that we already said humans live about 95% of their lives on autopilot. That's us, you and me. We do things automatically because our brain craves efficiency and automaticity. It likes to use low power. And therefore, our unconscious thoughts, decisions and actions define who we are, how we live, what we do and our state of health. Which was fine, you know, but what's happened recently 
like in the last 100 years, let's say, or even the last 50 years, is that especially in the first world nations, things have shifted away from that simple lifestyle of a good day's physical work, um, lots of whole foods, regular exercise. You know, we have more of a negative influence than ever before that affects our health and well-being. We have a new era of processed takeaway food, of alcohol, of drugs, of soft drink, of a faster pace of life, of rapid technology, greater expectations, more and more handheld devices that emit blue light that increase our stress hormones. So as a result of all of those things being woven into our unconscious habits, we have more than ever conditions related to stress, insomnia, we have greater emotional reactions or more, more quicker to react, uh, we have more anxiety and a litany of other sorts of diseases, not in the least overweight and obesity. These things are happen because we're living automatic lives and because we've woven in all of those stresses that are causing us to become sick, tired and fat as that movie goes. I think it was a movie called that exact title. So, you know, we now have an emerging industry that's tackling those things head on and that is health and wellness coaching. A health and wellness coach helps people to change habits. That's really what's at the core of it. There are lots of different types of coaching and lots of different people who call themselves coaches and that's kind of what we're going to dissect and tease out in this episode and they operate differently in different countries so i'm going to help you get really clear on those differences but the common goal is to help people change their habits so that they can live healthier happier longer and better quality lives and to unwind some of those things that are causing physical and mental illnesses that is the scourge of our society today. I mean, more than 100 years ago, people died of deficiency diseases. Now, people are dying of lifestyle diseases. So if you wonder, is there a need for a coach or a health and wellness coach? Absolutely, there is. On the surface, it sounds really simple, but it's a topic worth going in deep, especially if you're looking for a coach. It's important that you're really clear on the difference between the different types. So I want to explain where health and wellness coaching originated, the different types of coaches and how they differ between countries and what to look for. Health coaching and its counterpart, health and wellness coaching, so two distinct styles of coaching, have been longest established in the mainstream in the US, probably for or 15 or 20 years, more recently in Australia at about 12 years, and then even more recently in the UK. I'm not quite 100% clear on those exact figures, but that's roughly the time frame that coaching has been around in those main three countries. They are present in other areas, but they're predominantly present in the US, Australia, New Zealand, of course, and the UK. I want to start really um, simply and just say, there's some differences in terminology and definitions which can make things really confusing and that's between the different types of coaches and between the different countries. So I want to start really simply to say that there are two different perspectives on coaching. The first kind of coach is a coach who's an expert in a specific area like gut health or nutrition and they generally tell you what to do or guide you to make change in that specific area. So they're helping you along the way giving you some advice and information and their training courses usually teach nutrition principles or gut health or immune health 
sorts of principles or fitness principles and that would make up about 85% of their training course and they would learn a little bit of coaching methodology, perhaps around 15% of the course is coaching methodology and that's the current state. So that's the type of coaching that's pretty much teaching. In the US, this is called health coaching and it's quite mainstream. Um, the person doing the coaching may guide you all the way up to trying to indoctrinate you into their method or style of doing things to fix a specific problem in a specific way that they believe is the best. So there's a sliding scale in the amount of teaching or persuasion, I guess you could say, in that method. And some people don't persuade at all, which is great because that's truly a coaching style. Health coaching in the US typically involves teaching people a certain way to eat or to manage their um, digestive system or to exercise or to buy certain products. That's not always the case, but it's kind of the common theme. So that's the first type of coach. It's kind of heavier on teaching and information with a little bit of letting the client, you, choose your own path. Then there's the second type of coach, which is the type of coach I am, a health and wellness coach, who works more with the principles of psychology. And they assume that the client is the expert. So they're not there to bring the expert hat and to tell people what to do. In this case, the coach assumes that the client is the expert in their own lives. So the second type of coach is pretty much reticent to give any sort of suggestions or opinions or advice. There's no judgment at all. There's no teaching in this setting, generally speaking, and the method is evidence-based. And what that means is the theories and models that the coach uses in the session, questioning styles and so forth, come from psychology, coaching psychology, sports psychology, positive psychology, psychotherapy and life coaching, etc. And the models we use are things like the trans-theoretical model of change, appreciative inquiry, motivational interviewing and cognitive behaviour therapy. So we use specific models and what that means is we ask questions a particular type of way and we notice things that our clients say to us and then we say them back to the client. I just heard you say that you're stressed all the time because when you reflect back to somebody, they actually hear their own words and then they go, ah, oh, that's what I need to do or ah, oh, that's what I've been doing. So I think that that's a lot more powerful when you're letting the other person come up with their own realisations. You're not telling them, uh, you know, you should be eating this or you shouldn't be doing that. You're asking a question that gets them to come up with the answer themselves. And I think that's really important because, um, you know, we're assuming that the client has all of the answers and our job is to just hold the space and let them explore what's in their brains. And the reason that's important is how often is somebody just listening to you have a brain dump, download, without jumping in and suggesting? They're just letting you clear the air, get it all out on the table and then to be able to look at what's actually going on and say, oh, well, maybe I could do this and, you know, to, to examine the thoughts and the situation and to do some problem solving without the other person just jumping in or judging or criticising or suggesting. It doesn't happen, right? You want that objective third party who's going to really listen to you and hear what you're saying and just empathise and be there and then ask the right questions to help you take the next steps out of that quagmire. So that's exactly what the second type of coach does. We invite a client to examine their own habits 
and thoughts and beliefs openly and completely so they can get to the bottom of things. And the other part of what we do is this second type of coach is we invite clients to experiment with different habits. So instead of me saying to you, I think you should eat this and this and this on these days, I'm going to say, what would you like to experiment with with your eating this week? What could fit into your schedule? What sorts of foods do you like or not like? So that's a very different approach than telling someone what to eat. You're letting that person make the decisions. And really, that's so important because you know yourself better, better than anybody else does. So only you know which of the physical and mental habits can work best for you in your life with your preferences in your routine and in the, in the amount that's right for you. So that second type of coaching um, is commonly called health and wellness coaching, and it operates similarly in both Australia and the US, and I think the UK as well. The schools that do this teaching, such as Well Coaches in the US and Wellness Coaching in Australia, Wellness Coaching Australia in Australia, are at the forefront of this methodology and they offer a fairly aligned curriculum that's at least 95% coaching psychology. And I like the philosophy of, I liken the philosophy of health and wellness coaching a bit to Zen Buddhism. It's that same, same kind of approach where you bring a mindfulness and a presence to the situation and the other person does all the talking. So that's the difference between health coaching in the US that first type where we've got a lot of teaching and information and not much coaching in comparison at, at the current time versus health and wellness coaching, which in Australia and the US is much more around evidence-based coaching psychology style things. And I probably should say that first style of coaching may be evidence-based, but it's about teaching nutrition or gut health or whatever, not about the psychology so much. That's the difference. Now, just to muddy the waters, in Australia, there is also something called health coaching, and there are two types of health coaches in Australia. They've either done that first type of advice-based training that I mentioned, they're that first kind of coach that's kind of emerging in Australia, or they've done more of the second type of training, and they work with people who need to bring their health up to baseline level. So schools like Health Coaching Australia, in, a, in um, Victoria are quite reputable and they're the ones that work in more of a medical arena and they bring people with chronic illness up to baseline health through asking the client to come up with their own answers. So that's the two types of health coaching in Australia, the more information or advice style guidance and the more learning to take charge of your own habits kind of approach. As you can see, on title alone, they sound quite a lot the same, but they're quite different. Are you still with me with all of this? Is this all making sense? I hope so. Now, I wanted to talk about why we have these differences in the different styles of coaching. And one of the reasons, one of the main reasons, is that we don't really have much in the way of regulation of the coaching industry. And that is set to change. In 2018, a group called the International Consortium of Health and Wellness Coaches has formed in the US and they're creating a credentialing system so that health and wellness coaches who want to be internationally recognised must sit an exam to prove the adequacy of their evidence-based coaching psychology training. So a line is being drawn in the sand here. And this is why I mentioned that at, at the current time, a lot of the health coach training um, 
is focused heavily on nutrition or gut health or other areas and they are now scrambling to adapt their curriculum to meet the guidelines of this international credentialing system so some of those that are more well known are starting to include much more coaching psychology in their training which i think is a good thing because um, people tend to do better when they come up with their own ideas than when they're told what to do quite simply so in the US at least, and later on here, the health and wellness coaching industry will move toward having a prerequisite health science degree or a related degree if you want to be a coach. Australia may go that way, I'm not sure, but that's definitely where the US is heading. So in future, you'll need to have some sort of health science or related science degree in order to become a credentialed health and wellness coach. And that will be the true difference then. So what does that mean for someone who's looking to choose a coach? Do you choose the first type or do you choose the second type? Well, either could work for you depending on what your goals are. Some people have, you know, a fairly good quality life. They have reasonably good habits and they just want to make a couple of tweaks to things. Maybe they just need some help to know what to do, what to eat, how to fix their gut they're looking for that sort of help and they want to get some advice and opinions as part of what they're doing. And they're, they're looking at working at that more simple level just to change some of their habits because they want to get some education behind that. So then perhaps a health coach is a better choice for you. You want someone who's going to give you a plan and tell you what to do, um, you know, in consultation with you. To choose a good health coach, you need to find somebody that's going to ask you a lot of questions and get you to make most of the decisions. They're still going to offer you information and choices, but it's usually going to be you making the final decision. And just note that with a health coach, they're probably going to ask you to make a decision based on their recommendations or choices that they offer. And they usually accept your decisions and goals without judgment and with full support. So that's a good health coach, somebody who is professional and it's clear that you are in charge and in the driver's seat and they're just there to guide you with the right sorts of information. A less skilled health coach might try to tell you that you have to do things their way or it won't work and they might tell you off or get irritated if you don't do things the right way, their way. They might give you a very rigid plan with no flexibility and not allow you to make any decisions. So if you have an initial conversation with somebody, they should be asking you a lot of questions about yourself and what you want to achieve. If they're telling you all about themselves and their business and what they think you should do, like a diagnostic style thing, they're probably not that experienced or they're going to try and take you down the path of telling you exactly what to do. So be careful. Now, if you're someone like me who hates being told what to do, and wish you could just simply have the objective observer to facilitate you making your own choices and discoveries around habit, habit change and to keep you accountable, um, then a health and wellness coach is the better choice. And you would be looking for someone trained by Well Coaches US or Wellness Coaching Australia. And full disclosure here, I um, do some contract work for Wellness Coaching Australia because I really love their training, but I've also done Well Coaches training in the US. I've done both. They're the industry leaders. There's not many else around who do the pure form um, of health and wellness coaching who have been around so long. I think they're the longest standing in the US and Australia respectively. So for me, that's the logical choice. Of course, you can make your own decision and shop around if you want to.
But if you're in Australia and you have a diagnosed disease that requires behaviour change in order to get back to baseline health, like let's say you have diabetes or you've had a heart attack and bypass surgery and you need to go through some behaviour change to be able to walk properly and exercise again, then you might be looking for a health coach qualified by Health Coaching Australia if you're in Australia. As the longest standing industry leader in that area, they would be the logical choice. So how do you find a good health and wellness coach? Well, like I mentioned with the health coach, they're going to have a conversation with you basically to help you make up your own mind about what you want, why you want and how you're going to get it. You'll be making all of those decisions and they accept what you say without judgment and with full support, as I mentioned for the health coach. And they may offer ideas or choices only if you ask for them and they will seek permission first because it's important. Um, we, we all, humans all have an innate driver to want to get our own way and to want to do things our way. So part of the psychology of asking someone to make the decisions is that they are more likely to own them and they're more likely to continue on with the habit into the future. So that's, you know, an important distinction, I suppose. So if you think that you need to make lasting change and you've tried things before but haven't been able to stick to whatever change you want to make, whether that be eating better or undergoing less stress or building more energy or becoming fitter, sleeping better, managing your weight, then you might like to think about talking to a health and wellness coach who can help you to understand why you haven't been able to be consistent before and to develop a plan that you decide working with a coach that will get you there. So often what happens is, and the reason that we fall off the wagon or fail many times is that it's actually your thinking and confidence that need to shift before the habits do. Often people like the idea of being slim or like the idea of being calm, but they're still doing the habits that are taking them in the opposite direction. And the reason is that they're resistant to changing those habits because they're comfortable and they're enjoyable. It's hard to give up. You've got people around you trying to persuade you to do the other thing. So, you know, the, the thinking work and the confidence building work around change need to be done before the action is taken. and Often a really great way to get people to do that is to ask them to look at their strengths and values to see what's important. And so you get clear on what's authentically and most importantly essential to you. So that's part of the work that we do with coaching psychology is to get that motivation, inspiration and excitement around the new habits and for you to find your own reasons to take them up and continue doing them. If you're working with a less skilled health and wellness coach, they will probably find it hard to resist slipping into suggestions. They want to suggest things and they might be a few unsolicited recommendations or they might try to focus on getting you to achieve goals, or which is doing new habits, without getting you to do enough thinking work. It takes time for a coach to move past this. After all, we all come from a place of being told what to do or to, to being taught. And it's tempting to want to replicate that in a coaching session when you haven't had the experience of simply sitting back and listening and letting your client come up with their own answers. So you can spot a new coach by some of those things, but often they're all working toward improving. And that could be a health coach or a health and wellness coach who's trying to put the client first, give them a chance and let them 
you know, move past the hurdle. But if there's someone who's actively trying to steer you down a course and is getting irritated with you, they may, they may not be the right person for you. And that's okay. Just make sure that you check your contract and the cooling off period and see what you're locked into. It's often best, and a lot of um, professional coaches will give you a, a cheap session up front or a free session up front so that you can experience coaching without having to commit to a whole block of sessions. And I think that's the best way. You need to make sure that you have a real sense that you can trust that person, a sense of rapport, and a sense that you know, they're going to create a safe space for you to grow. If you don't have those feelings, then it's important that you find somebody else because coaching is a business of personal relationships. Imagine if you were looking for a friend. That would be the same sort of thing. You'd be looking for someone that you felt you had common values with, common ideas, maybe a shared experience or a similar past. And that builds the rapport. You need to be totally honest and open. And you have to be that in a coaching session. Otherwise, you won't get much out of it. So make sure that you feel that chemistry with the person you're talking to before you commit to anything. I always do a free session with my clients. I book them for half an hour and they usually go for a bit longer, more like 45 minutes. And then, you know, if, if the session feels right for both of us, then we will proceed to booking in a first paid session. So make sure that you've got the flexibility to explore what it is that a coach is offering and whether that's the right thing for you. So one of the biggest challenges with coaching is that, you know, what, what we think as clients is that we have to take action, that we have to focus on the meal plan or the diet or the exercise program or drinking enough water. And those things are really important they're the habits of success but you know if you don't have enough motivation or buy-in or it doesn't feel like something that you see yourself doing it's probably not going to work and that comes from those psychological theories as I mentioned earlier that we all want to be our own boss we all want to be in charge of ourselves and not be told what to do it's an inherent thing in all of us so we resist being told what to do even if somebody if, even if you think you want someone to tell you what to do chances are you're probably going to end up doing something different than what they suggest. And that's part of the evidence basis in coaching psychology that um, suggests that long-term change is more likely when you are 100% in charge of it. There's a really fantastic saying that I love that sums this up really well. The thing that people love most is telling other people what to do. And the thing that people hate most is being told what to do. <laughs> it's so true. So to succeed with changing any of your habits, whether it be eating less, drinking less, exercising more, reducing stress, finding more positivity in life, anything like that, building more energy, having more fun, uh, working less, then you need to be willing to override your inherent wiring of your brain, which is to seek pleasure and avoid pain. We're all wired that way. And when you discover the values and reasons and motivators and desires behind being your best self, it's going to be much easier for you to pursue new habits no matter what, and you'll feel more fulfilled and satisfied as a result. But you have to be willing to go through that difficult patch at the beginning Right now you're doing these negative habits, unhelpful habits, because they're familiar, they're comfortable, or they give you pleasure, 
or they help you to avoid pain. So you have to go through it a period of change and experimenting with new habits. You have to be willing to let go of the old ones for that second type of coaching to be really effective. In other words, coaching is really for people who have a strong desire to be a better version of themselves and they're willing to invest in qualified support to help them get there. If you just want to pretend that nothing's happening and go on a diet for eight weeks and then go back to your old habits, don't waste your money on coaching. You won't get a result, but that's basically what you're looking for is support. And it's a very different thing, support for a small period to do a certain thing and then to go back to your old habits. So I would be looking elsewhere than coaching. So let's look at a couple of examples. There are people who want to swap excess body weight for a healthy body and a body image. There are people who want to build a business that's successful. There are people who want to manage their minds and emotions so that they can stop reacting in life and find true inner happiness. There are people who want to swap stress for resilience and calm. There are people who want to feel confident in relationships so they can finally feel connected and find someone to love. There are people who want to make money and there are people who want to feel better. There are people who want to do more good in the world if only they could get past their self-confidence challenges. All of those sorts of people are people who are great candidates for coaching. I've coached around most of those areas and I've seen clients make massive shifts and have some backslides and then move forward again. But the common ground is they have that desire to be their best. So if that's something you're looking for, then coaching could work for you. Just remember, though, that coaching isn't a magic bullet. The results can be awesome, but I think more valuable is the coaching process because then you're going to learn that whenever life throws you a curveball, you've got a certain way of thinking and doing things that can help you to get back on the wagon more quickly and easily without the guilt and the shame and the beat up. You know, once you... Once you realise that life is always going to throw curveballs at you and shift you off course, all you really need is the keys to get back on track again. Being told what to do doesn't give you those skills. But when you work with a coach who facilitates you to do your own thinking and make your own changes on your terms and in your time, you're onto a winner. You're onto an absolute winner. So that's it from me. I hope that was thought provoking. I hope you're really clear on the difference between a health coach or a health and wellness coach and the two approaches, you know, getting a lot of information and guidance or learning how to take responsibility for your actions and take control of your life. And remember that the, the two traits of the person that you work with is going to be more interested in you and what you want without any judgment versus the less experienced person who's going to be driven to suggest or get irritated when you're not doing what they tell you to do. Lots to think about there. If you would like some recommendations on great coaches, I know some really good ones in different states in Australia and some who also work internationally. So please get in touch. If you want um, some recommendations, I can shoot you off details and you can do research and have some initial sessions to find out a little bit more about those people. All right, that's it from me for another episode. Have a fantastic week and I'll see you soon.